Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I love this. This is my type of party. I love this. Afternoons on the score. Yeah, he, he's been doing it at a high level and doing doing uh, many different things to get him to this level. You know, last year, you know, he had 1,000 rushing yards. This year, he really hasn't been running, and he's been focusing on being a passer. So it's kind of been the up and, up and down year, but that doesn't change how his growth has gone. That is DJ Moore who was on with Mully and Hawes, he always is, after Bears games. Kind of doubling down on his comments that made a lot of waves after the game on Sunday when he said, you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, they're not better than Justin. All of Justin's teammates have had his back, unsurprisingly so. It is Matt Spiegel here with you on Parkinson Spiegel along with Gabe Ramirez. Gabe, Everybody's got Justin's back, it seems. Are you feeling that as you talk to people uh, around here? Like, whether even if you're dissecting his play, people feel empathy Yeah, for Justin Fields. The answer to that is yes. I want to circle back just one second to the players saying that Justin Fields. It reminds me of the video where they go to the Cleveland Cavaliers locker room to talk about LeBron James coming in, and they're all like, yeah, we got better players here than LeBron James. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, I, I can't imagine he'll do the same thing in the NBA. Like those, it just it takes me back to that because you you think so highly of your 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 teammates, and I get it. Yeah, you know, you you feel like you're there, but you know, a lot of the current and former NFL players that I talk to, there is not one of them, not one of them, that thinks the Bears should move on from Justin Fields. They all feel like Justin is that dude in unison, harmonizing. Same thing. Out there saying the same thing. Justin Fields is that dude. Don't don't draft a quarterback with the number one pick in the draft. It's it's fascinating to me. Um, the way that all of the players and the former players are feeling for Justin. Sympathy and empathy. The difference, sympathy, you just feel bad for somebody. Empathy, you're like really feel someone's pain. Went through it. Yeah. You're like, oh man, like I have been there. I know what it's like and I want to help you. You know, that that kind of thing. Listen to Cam Newton from a couple weeks ago. It keeps happening. Mark Sanchez like went pretty hard on Luke Getze uh, this week. And, you know, you hear it all the time. Kurt Warner with us on Monday was talking about, he said nothing that happened on Sunday was Justin Fields' fault. Said that was all, like, Justin was not to blame for, for any of it. 19 for 40? Uh, here's, None of it? here's Cam Newton from a, from a couple of weeks ago. But I think, too, when are we going to start holding coaches accountable for them potentially being the issue? Right? This is the NFL. You got kids from 
Ohio State, Michigan, Auburn, Georgia, Florida State, Miami. UCF. UCF. <laughs> we're, we're a setter for UCF. Uh, but we'll take them UCF. too. We're, we could take a kicker or two from there. This is so. what y'all going to get at City Wire. Go to City Wire right now and get the ticket. But, you know, it's so, it's so hard for players to hold franchise, you know, people accountable for certain things. It's okay for a player to say, Coach, hey, this is a little too complex for me. When you go public and you speak your mind, I think, you know, that's when you're you're labeled something that you're not. And I think he could never say it, and, and, and I will always challenge that status quo. But he is good enough to be a dynamic player in this league, without a doubt. Now, Cam Newton is Justin Fields' guy. There's video out there of Justin in high school at Cam's uh, camp and, and hanging with Cam. But the way that Cam feels about Justin there, that it's the coaching that is the problem – and Justin has what it takes. That's how all of the players and former players around the NFL are feeling. I mean, if you, if you go to the end of the statement, he says, you know, there's no doubt that, that Justin Fields can be a dynamic player. I don't think anyone that wants to move on from Justin disagrees with that. They all say he's athletic. They all say that he's, he's dynamic, right? But I, I, I think what the Bears are looking for in particular, and it's whether they stay with Justin or not, a quarterback that can – be at the top of the league consistently and, and make the Bears relevant year in and year out. Mm -hmm. And that to me is what what I think the issue is. So and then so he talks about, you know, keeping coaches accountable. Yeah, what do you mean? You think you think Luke Getzi's gonna be here at the end next year? Like, come on. No, no, I do not. That's my point. That, and that's being held accountable. Right? But moving on from an offensive corner, you think when when who who else did it in the middle of the season? The Steelers did it, they just moved on from Canada, the Bills did it. People move on from the offensive coordinator. The, Bill, the Bills did it, and it completely transformed their season and, and has made me wonder of late what would have happened if Andrew Janoko, and I don't, he's not really capable yeah. of doing it. But just anyone Lonnie, else, anyone else calling a play. Somebody else calling the play. Somebody else leaning, in, leaning into what the quarterback yeah. wanted. You know, So we all have these experiences. Players, obviously, and former players like Cam, they've been there where they're like, man – this 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 context matters. Situation matters. Um, Chris Long was talking about it the other day. Like the biggest problem in football analysis is not understanding how much context matters and your situation matters. That that's something that that people get wrong. So we know that the current players feel this way and empathize with Justin. We know the former players do. How about the listeners, man? Like it, it is amazing. Like even listeners who are ready to move on from fields and certainly the big volume of listeners who uh, want to stick with Justin are empathizing. And here's my theory on that because they've seen good bears players and sometimes maybe decent bears quarterbacks not achieve the most they could because of crap ass coaching <laughs> crap ass front office, dysfunctional family ownership. Like everybody has seen their favorite player get bearsed so the it's very very um familiar to empathize with fields and say damn it it's not his fault it is everything that's around him when i agree with you that some of what has gone wrong is justin's fault yeah some but i, I hear what you're saying with the, the the empathy in regards to like people that are actually listening right like somebody's coming home from their job right now driving home and they might have got thrown into a managerial position. Been there 10 years. Yeah, they deserved it. And people are like, this guy sucks. And he's like, dude, I just got here. Like, give me a second. Let me figure it out. You guys sucked before I got here. And I had to clean that mess 
before I can get the ship right. And but no one thinks about those things. And so you look at a Justin Fields and you're like, man, I feel Justin Fields. Yeah, everybody around him sucks. Yes. It's not him. It's, yes. it's everybody else. Give me some better salespeople that can sell. And then I hit my quotas. Give me some better, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, assistants that can get these things pushed through at a faster rate. And yes. then I'll show you how, how many things I can get done. My boss doesn't pay attention. My boss <laughs> sucks. My yeah. boss is trying to do his own thing. Yeah. He doesn't even know what he's got with me. He does, he's not using me in the right way. My boss has some vision for what he thinks this company should be. And he's not even, like, like seeing the possibilities yeah. of what I could do as an employee. And there's a new we guy. We all feel that way. Speaks. There's a Sorry, new, Mitch. There's a new guy. Don't take it personally. That's managing the, the KB Toys. I'm thinking of a young guy. Okay. KB Toys. Yeah. And they're like, wow. He got that KB Toys rocking. For those of you that that's like a Toys R Us, for those of you who don't know that, it's like a toy place. So, so, so Caleb Williams is managing that's a toy saying. store at the strip and, mall right and, now. And, 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 you, and the guy's going, oh, you're going to bring in the KB Toys guy <laughs> to replace me? Give me the... Yeah. I've been there before. You know what, Speaks? That KB Toys guy's never worked at my never. level. Speaks. He has no idea. And then they come in, and then the KB Toys guys come in, and what do they do? Because we've all been there, and we've seen this. Yeah. What happens when the KB Toys guy does get the job? Oh, now we got new computers. <laughs> he got all new oh, equipment. For him, you get the for new stuff. How many times? I know I oh, said that. In you're my gonna career. give him. <laughs> exactly. You're gonna give him Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver wow. from LSU. Oh. Couldn't give that to Justin. Now you bring in the offensive no. coordinator. Oh. That's oh. good. It has made, experience. Oh, now you get a center <laughs> yeah. to be the partner. For, for the young quarterback and teach him the ways of the NFL. You go out and get a legit free agent center. Instead of plugging Lucas Patrick in there or asking Cody Whiter to do a job he proved years ago he could never do. Now you do that for the KB Toys guy. And now I'm selling airplanes at a mall and for, at a kiosk. Because <laughs> you didn't want to give me what I need. You're saying people can't. Can't afford airplanes at the mall. No, I'm saying if you lose the jobs of the if you lose the jobs of the KB Toys guy, uh, then okay. I must miss the airplane the... kiosk. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I don't know. Forget it. He's rolling. He's no, going. My bad, my He's my going. Bad, all right. So we got. I guess the people go. Look at all this universal empathy for Justin Fields. All these people who feel this stuff, and the, the humans among us, all of us on the. I feel it on the human level, man. Of course, he got screwed with the first year with Nagy. He got like he got totally screwed. Should have been the th- number three quarterback. Yeah. Then he gets put in as the number one all of a sudden. And then Getsy obviously doesn't. It's a terrible match. You yeah. can see this. Getsy doesn't trust him, and Getsy doesn't take accountability for stuff that he's doing wrong. He puts it all on Justin. Yeah, the, the Darnell Mooney hasn't evolved. Maybe the injury damaged his confidence. Who the hell knows? He's got issues. There are issues. It's there are issues everywhere. But still, guess what? You still got to rise up. And that's True. the sad part of it. And I wonder. Here's my big, my big question. Those of you out there who are feeling this empathy, understandable for Justin Fields, is it possible that it's clouding your judgment of whether he is a good enough pocket passer or can become a good enough pocket passer to consistently win in this league? Because Lamar Jackson showed you more than this as a passer. He showed you more than this. Look! Look at Lamar Jackson's numbers. Look at his. Look at his. It, it, his some of the opportunities that he had the first four years. He was better. So it's not like oh he could turn into that or whatever. No, no, no. He showed you more. Russell Wilson showed you a lot of pocket passer stuff. Even though the volume of passes that he threw early on as a young man in Seattle was not that high, but I believe that those guys showed more as a pocket passer than Justin has shown. Yeah, and I think what else is clouding everybody's judgment is that that number one pick, right, Speaks. I mean, because if the Bears just had the fifth pick and they're whatever it is now, fifth, sixth, whatever it is, 
would they be saying to themselves or would we as a fan base be saying, oh, we got to grab a quarterback at number five if there was only a number five pick, right? And I think so that's what's, I think that's what really accelerates everything and, and that's where the empathy, I think, comes from is because you have an opportunity to, to you, you wouldn't be in this, oppor- in this position to draft someone, right? And if you just had Justin Fields, then you wouldn't necessarily, like that's why you feel bad because because you have the number one pick, you have to then decide whether or not you want to move on from this guy that you kind of like. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't have the number one pick, it wouldn't matter. You'd be like, yeah, we're riding with this guy. This is going to be, got one more year with him. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what we got. It's tough. It's a tough position to be in for everyone, and especially Ryan Poles, because he's the one that's ultimately going to make this decision, and half of Chicago is going to hate him for it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, Texter's getting in here. Uh, here's one. Not only did Lamar Jackson have better passer numbers, but with quite possibly far less receiver talent. That's been the knock on, on, uh, on the Ravens' skill talent, skill talent for a lot of years. There's others, though. Uh, Lamar can't throw. Stop it. Look at Lamar Jackson's offensive coordinator tailoring the offense to him. That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true that Greg Roman did wonders with Lamar and did wonders with Colin Kaepernick when he was Harbaugh's guy um, in, in San Francisco. I, absolutely. But I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, you see a very methodical processor in fields and an eye thrower. Schlereth called him an eye thrower as he's watching a game. He's hanging out with Josh Lucas the other night at your, at your place over at Fox, and Josh Lucas was talking about how methodical Justin has looked. And those guys drafted him. But as he's watching him, it just takes him a little bit longer to process. Kurt Warner with us on Monday. We were talking about this exact thing. And I'm like, is it the mechanics that takes Justin a little longer? He said, no, it's the decision. And it's, it's the seeing it. It's just, it's not quite there yet. He's definitely gotten better. But are you going to invest in, are you going to pick up an option and move forward when you have the number one pick in a guy that you think is getting better? No, I think if anything, if anything, they'll keep him and play out the fourth year while drafting one. I am I'm finding myself much more open to that than than I have been earlier on in the year. Where are you on that as a concept, Gabe? Because it it'd be tricky on the personal level with Justin and with whoever you draft, but whoever you draft is gonna need like somebody who knows what the hell they're doing yeah. to to cover their ass just in case. My initial thoughts were, like, pray to God that it's New England at number two, and then you trade. This is my very, very first, first thoughts. Trade it to New England, get something so that that way you can take the quarterback that's left over and have mm-hmm. that guy be behind Justin Fields for a year, get the offensive tackle, continue to build the team. Right. Then Hub came in, and he was like, take Marvin Harrison Jr. with one and then draft the quarterback with five or six and let it be, you know, Michael. He think, likes – J.J. McCarthy, but I like Michael Penix Jr., whatever. Whatever that was it is. his thought. Take, take your quarterback a little bit later in the and then, then when I start hearing everybody else, you know, talk about Justin Fields, the, the big issue for me is then the second pick. If it is Marvin Harrison Jr. and you are keeping Justin Fields, it, what's that second pick that's just going to make this team so much more amazing than a, than a, a quarterback that's at the top of the class, right? Then, like your offensive tackle, is the, then that makes Braxton Jones a swing tackle. Is, mm-hmm. okay. is your team so much better then as a result of it? Huh? All right, so – so, again, I think all that to say, there are three good options out there. I want to lean with that first one, which is, you know, trade and then get a haul and then take another quarterback with that number two pick. But I don't know. I, I guess I, I, can, I just I start envisioning the Bears being very good as a team 
for a long time as they continue to grow. And the ability to move on from Justin Fields and, and, and the L.A. Rams route. The, we build this team up. We got a rookie. All right, he's not the guy to get you there. F it. We're going to go ahead and grab somebody else that can get us there. Grab Matthew Stafford. Exactly, because now the team, now the team is so good, we just need someone that's better than this guy, and we'll be okay. So, I, I, again, I struggle. You trade number one overall to San Diego for Justin Herbert. You trade both your ones to San Diego for Justin like Herbert. You don't like that? I don't like and that. Your Stafford, and your Stafford comp? I know. But just something that holds me back from, from like pulling the trigger on a yes in my head for that. Just something that's too, I don't know. Just, I don't know. Maybe I feel like we'll be back at the same spot that we're in. Oh, man, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think again, Herbert I has crazy skills. I think he's great, too, and I, and I argue for him often. Mm-hmm. But I just, uh, I don't know if, I'd have to, like, I'd have to, like, think about that for, like, two hours in order to make a, a, sure, a surefire decision as to whether I'd move on from both of those picks. Yeah. But please text in, because then I, uh, you know, maybe you guys can sway me in a, in a particular direction. But well, and, and both he, of them for Justin Herbert? Uh, look, it's just. It's no, a, no second round picks, so you're going Justin Herbert and then a third. Well, because you're, you're assuming you're getting something for Justin Fields, right? Then? Maybe you get something. Yeah, you get you get second. that two for Fields or something. So you like get Justin that. Herbert, a second, and then your regular third and fourth round mm-hmm. picks. Be an interesting no scratch, place. Be an interesting, right. be an interesting place to be. Cool. Okay. But you know, look, I, I do believe that that a lot of people's understandable empathy for Fields is clouding some 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 dissection of where he is as a quarterback. I you may disagree and that's fine. And a lot of people are out there. So one texture saying that this is a toxic conversation. And it it's in it's Real one. It, it what is toxic about this? We're watching a quarterback in a bad system but still you can value the quarterback. You can dissect the quarterback and try to figure out what he could be doing to help. And these are the conversations to have. So it, it, it's, it's very interesting to me. They may move on, and it may end up feeling like the wrong thing eventually. Yeah. And that's a tough one. Let me ask you this one. Yo. A lot of people were like, oh, you know, Jim Harbaugh, coach of the Bears. I got into a healthy conversation about who would the quarterback of the Bears be if, if Jim Harbaugh were the, were the coach. Would it be a Justin Fields, someone he's familiar with? Would it be a Caleb Williams, someone who he's, you know, kind of been playing in the same, you know, coaching in the same time as in the last couple yeah. of years? If or, you're, you're going to do that, you give him input. You give him input on it. That's right. It was, as it, you approach it was, the conversation. It was a, a hypo, hypothetical conversation about who would, who would Jim Harbaugh's favorite be? Yeah. Let's go to the phones real quick and Love talk that. to Jim in Beecher, Illinois, on 670 The Score. What's up, Jim? Hey, good afternoon, guys. Uh, here's my quick take on uh, what the Bears are uh, – possibly going to do uh we're going to know in my opinion uh, in early january hypothetically if the bears keep uh their current coaching staff okay they they decide to run with them again then justin fields is going to come back and keep the continuity if the bears let go of their uh coaching staff then you're not going to then justin fields is gone they're not going to subject Justin Fields to yet another coaching staff change, another offensive coordinator. And by doing that, then they'll probably draft a quarterback. I think it's as simple as that. Thanks for the call, Jim. You uh, agree with his premise there, Gabe? I mean, I, 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 think, I think people know exactly what they're doing. I think the Bears know exactly what they're doing at, at this point. At the, at the quarterback position and with offensive coordinator. I think they're up in the air about – about Coach Eberflus, I think 
Listen, because if he loses these next three games in ugly fashion, it's going to be hard to keep him. I know you want to keep him, mm-hmm. but it, it'll be hard to harder to keep him. My, my question is, how aligned is Ryan Poles with the way that Luke Getze thinks about the quarterback Zero. position? Well, because Luke Getze and Justin is a failure. That, right. that, that combo is a failure. That relationship is a failure. It's clear Luke Getze is not you know, trying from the get-go this year from the first two games, trying to do yeah. the most to make Justin comfortable and get the best out of him. It's like a test. I mean, they, they tested him on the first two games of the year. Let's just dive in, throw him into the deep end of the pool, and make him a full-on pocket pass. Let's see if he can do it. Because you know why? Because they have two first-round picks in their back pocket in a quarterback-rich draft. And it's also their job to, to see if they have that in him. Right, for a guy right. that they didn't draft. So that's my question. Is Ryan Poles behind that approach from Luke Getzey? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. I think he is, too. Absolutely. So that would lead me to say that Ryan Poles has made up his decision as well. Yeah, I I agree. I think he – listen, his job – let's be very clear on what Ryan Poles' job is. It is to make the Chicago Bears better. And it doesn't matter who's there currently. Hmm. It is if I can find a position, whatever that may be, that I can improve – from year to year, I am going to do so because that is my goal, to make this team the best it possibly can be for years on right. years. on years. He's Gabe Ramirez. I'm Matt Spiegel. It is Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. And we come back. An OG of sports radio has uh, written a book detailing stories, detailing a life in it. I want to get inside the form a little bit with Angelo Cataldi, a Philly legend and a damn funny individual. We'll talk to him next. Dave Wanstead in the studio at the top of the hour on The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Parkinson Spiegel Show. Congratulations. Who gives it? Afternoons on the score. An enemy of the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Angelo Cataldi. In the 33 years I've done sports talk in Philadelphia, the man I have loathed, hated the most, is Andy Reid. Do you hate Andy Reid because you guys were all just so collectively wrong about him? I got to tell you right now, uh, Matt, this Danny sounds a little bit like a loser to me. Uh, <laughs> Are you uh, surprised that, at the success that Andy Reid has had in Kansas City? Are you surprised Mahomes dragged him over the finish line? Pay attention. You lost this argument when I said that he won one championship in 24 seasons. What the hell's wrong with you? This guy <laughs> is a moron. <laughs> Angelo, thanks for squeezing in time. Now now maybe my favorite thing is you and Danny getting to know each other. Matt, do you have a hernia? No, I don't. <laughs> because you've been carrying this Danny for a while now. Thank God I never had a co-host like you, Danny. <laughs> Man, that that was a legendary takedown. I am scared. Of our favorite guy. <laughs>
Danny Parkins. Danny is off. It is me, Speaks. I mean, that's not why I booked Angelo Cataldi today, that, that, and, that Danny Parkins is off. I mean, it's a nice sidelight, I, I suppose, but no. Nah. D- Danny's a wonderful partner. How dare you, Angelo, go after my guy, sir? Well, um, I wasn't coming on if Danny was on, and I've heard a lot of good things about this Gabe. This isn't Gabe Kapler, is it? No, no, no not at all. Different no, game. Different game. Okay, good, because yeah. I don't like him either. But <laughs> I, I, Matt, thank you so much for having me on. I just want you got to know this. I have a whole different feeling about Chicago than I did since the last time I was on your great show. Oh, tell me, and tell this, us why, Angelo Cataldi, uh, radio legend. Tell us why. Is, this is beautiful. I did 33 years of radio in Philadelphia. And then I wrote a book, all right? Yeah. A, a book about all of the crazy stuff that happened. I named it Loud because the city's loud and I was loud. Yeah. And then I said, all right, guys, let the bidding begin. I need a publisher. <laughs> Crickets. I got one offer, Matt. Uh-huh. Triumph Publishing in Chicago. There it hey. is. There it is. We know. Real, we know. Recon- real recognize real, Angelo. Yeah. We know. We know. We know. But you know what? There's a big sports radio town, Angelo. We get yeah. it. We get it out here. Well, here's the thing. I think that the Philadelphia publishers <laughs> assume that Eagle fans do not read books. <laughs> it's understandable, really. I mean, frankly, I mean, looking at the history of it, this is amazing. Angelo, it, you know how many people I know who either quit or got forcibly retired out of this ridiculous industry and then say they're going to write a book? You actually did it. Yeah, I'm, imp- yeah. I'm impressed with the work ethic, sir. In six weeks, I wrote... 92,500 words in six weeks because I was convinced that if I waited a whole year to put the book out, that no one would remember who the heck I was. (laughs) And and I really, I still believe that. So I wrote the whole thing in like six and a half weeks and Triumph, boy, they were just awesome people. I can't, you guys are lucky to have such a great publisher. It says nothing, however, about the loyalty in my own city. No one cared. No one wanted to go near this thing. Six books sold in Philadelphia. What, is, what, what does this say about the bond that you forged with the listeners over these 33 years, Angelo? You well, know, the listeners are fine. It's, yes. it's the business people. Uh-huh. The, the whole book. All right, Matt, you yes. grew up here, right? Yeah, I grew up the near whole, there, sir. All right, the whole book is designed to completely change the narrative about Philadelphia sports fans, all right? Everybody knows that they uh, yeah, you act out from time to time. There's an occasional brawl in the stands. They throw debris, all that stuff. Now, I'm changing all that. This book shows you a kinder, sweeter, more giving city than anyone ever saw. That's my goal. What do you think? Am I, I going to succeed here? I, 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 I think, think you got working. a shot. Think Everybody's it's got a shot. It's you. Angela, talk to me about, uh, you know, being on the streets of Philly, right? I mean, being there for that long, 33 years, you know, you, you get the you get the reservations faster than anyone. You get you get the, the, the perks. You know, talk to me about, you know, what it's like no. being. <laughs> no. I didn't get any of that. that most of the people. I alienated in the city. Do you understand? <laughs> Every single Eagles coach has hated me. Everyone. 
All but one Phillies manager hated me. Um, all of the, uh, just about all of the, the most major stars didn't like me because I never kissed their butts. I never did. I didn't. This is the thing. Matt knows this. Yeah. I'm sure you know this game. The minute you start ingratiating yourself to the fans or the coach, uh, I mean, to the players or the coaches in your city, you're not doing your job for the fans. Yeah. The fans want honest commentary on what's going on. If a coach stinks, say he stinks. And then if the PR department calls, have somebody on your staff take the call. Don't do it yourself. <laughs> Angelo Cataldi is with us. His new book, Loud, attempts to uh, shift the reputation of Philadelphia and its sports fans. I, I got to ask you, though, Angelo, I consider you one of the great OGs of this radio form. And every time you've been on the show with me and Danny, you, you've shown it. And here you are now looking back with all those words in the book. What do you think about the bond with the listeners? It's a very unique relationship, isn't it? And I think a lot of score listeners, so score listeners can, can really relate. They know guys like me. They know so many of us, but we only know a little bit about them. It's a really unique thing. Yeah, so this is what I did as soon as I retired. I'm not making this up. So I had all these callers that, you know, had like a very high profile. They were eccentric. They were weird. Eagle Shirley, Austin Arnie, uh, Butch from Maniunk, all these crazy people. I invited them all to my house for the first Eagles game. Now that's something you guys would do, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, well, no, I could. Okay. I maybe certain <laughs> cer- certain people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would. I, I love the spirit. I love the idea of it. You actually no. did this. Could you imagine all those personalities all in one room? Come on, you know the kind Bring of people. Bring them all yeah. in, yeah. Matt. Bring them all in. Even the ones that maybe have some uh, challenges with personal hygiene. Doesn't matter. Bring them in. <laughs> I mean, you've been in their home for all these years, right? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Pay it back. Wow. And it was great. It was fun. The Eagles won. We were all cheering and hugging. And it was beautiful. Wow. But those, at the bottom line, what I'm really saying is those people that call your show, those people that listen to your show, they're the only ones that matter. Hmm. They're, they're all these other guys. I was there 33 years. How many of the, how many owners, coaches, managers, players, Anybody? How many of them lasted the whole thirty-three years? Mm. Any of them? No, not a one. Mm. None. We had one broadcaster, Merrill Reese, who's been the voice of the Eagles for forty-five years. Otherwise, none of them were there that long. So, uh, you think worried about whether they're coming to my house for Sunday dinner? No, <laughs> I don't care. That that is. Yeah. They well, didn't like me. I didn't like them. That's all. It was a match made in heaven, there, Angelo. Uh, you got thirty-three yeah. years in the game. This is my second year on the score. Uh, came from something else. But but I, I love the sports space. I'm a Chicago kid, born and raised here. Uh, talk to me just about, like, your earlier days. You know what I mean? Like, the first couple of yeah. years for you and what that was like just kind of, you know, sharpening your knives out there. Well, I'm glad you're asking me that because you got to understand I came in at the very beginning of the sports talk format. So I was a writer. I, I covered the Eagles. I, I was at the Philadelphia Inquirer. And they didn't have anybody uh, to fill four hours on a sports station. There weren't enough sports broadcasters. So they brought newspaper guys. And unfortunately, everyone in the sports department at the Inquirer despised our boss. We all hated him. 
And we all got to say over the course of a year, go bleep yourself. We all left for radio. <laughs> if the guy was a good editor, none of it, WIP wouldn't have existed. <laughs> and then we went there and Tom Brookshire hired me. And, and he, and it, it was a Friday afternoon. He said, you guys, I, I'm putting you on the air. Yes. I'm coming here Monday. And we didn't realize he was putting us on the air Monday with no professional host. So nine o'clock comes, they go, you're on the air. We had zero training, none whatsoever in a major city. And to say we butchered it, oh, my goodness, it was, <laughs> it was a horrifying hour. At one point, we went to a helicopter traffic report, and the station did not have one. We just oh, hit a no. button, and a helicopter <laughs> came out. We didn't know what we were doing. It's good done. radio. <laughs> it was good radio. We come out at the end, and Tom Brookshire's there, and he's smiling. He goes, guys, that was awful. That was so funny. You screwed this up, and you screwed that up. You'll pick it up along the way. Oh, and God. and the first uh, couple of years, I'll tell you the truth, guys, we, we didn't pick it up. To this day, after all that time, I don't know most radio terminology. I, didn't, I don't know any of it. I just went on and talked into a mic, and everybody else covered for us. Hmm. But it was we learned on the job, and over time we realized that we had to really kind of channel the passion of the fans. And once you got that, once you talk in their language, you're there. You're going to be fine. Yeah. That's all you got to learn. The rest of it is all nothing. It doesn't add up to a thing. Man. Just know those listeners and make sure you serve their interests. That's what you need. Wow. That's, uh, that's good stuff, Gabe. Take, take that in, man. Take notes. I, 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 yep. I, I will, too. You know, it's like, how, how often did you take calls, Angelo? And, like, your thoughts on the role of calls in, in sports yeah. radio. It, it comes up a lot here. And there's a time where we, you know, you make fun of callers, but you need them. You have to have them. That's what oh. makes the station the station, in my opinion. Exactly. But it, it, you know that rule already. You're right. There is, you're going to get guests on. You're getting me on. I'm not as important as the next caller you take because the next caller you take is going to give you an opinion on what's going on in Chicago sports. And people are either going to agree or disagree. And then there's going to be a dynamic that's created by those opinions. Without those, if you just got a, a host who's just pontificating for 10 minutes, click, 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 click. They're going to try another station. The byplay. And you've got great sports fans in Chicago. It's like Philly. It's passionate. It's crazy. Your team's five and nine. They're probably very upset. That's the, work with that. You know, that's good. Yeah. Get that passion on the air. That's more important than some other guy. I mean, you need some gas, but you really need the callers. They're the number one thing. The final 10 years of the show, the stars of the show I did were all the callers. That's why I all invited them to my house because I wanted them. I even put out a nice little spread for them. It's like family, oh, yeah. Angelo. It's, it's, it's like have. family. So, yeah, charcuterie tray? I mean, what, you know, what, what did we do on, at the house? Philly well, cheesesteak you know, sandwiches. You've got some uh, fruitates, and then you've got <laughs> we, we had some uh, sandwiches from Primo's. And then we backed it up with some snacks oh, and other wrong. stuff. It did, was, yeah. you know, and, uh, and they won the game, so it was good. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm never inviting them back. That was the one. <laughs> you did it once. Especially after they after they took the, <laughs> center, the centerpiece. So the <laughs> yeah. uh, Angelo, let me ask you this. Uh, in, in your career, 
Did you prefer when your teams were winning or when your teams were losing? That's a great question. Um, all right. Most of the first 20 years, it was more fun when they lost. And then I realized that I had been on the air um, 20 some years, right? 28 years, and nobody had won anything. And the word started to get around that it might be my problem. <laughs> I had created, like, they called it a dark cloud over the city. And so um, I started to root more for the teams when the Phillies won in 08. We had a big parade and that kind of stuff. And then the Eagles, the Eagles Super Bowl victory against the Patriots in, uh, it was the 2017 season. That was the highlight. That was the greatest thing that ever happened in the time I was there. Because you know what? That's when you realize how much those teams mean to those fans. How much that means. There were people, I'm not making this up, that would call us a couple of months later and say that, you know, their husband, their father was hanging on. He was very ill, but he was hanging on because he wanted to see the Eagles win a Super Bowl and how it changed everybody's life. It's it's why we're fans. You know, you guys have had, you've had to wait a while, right? You need one. You yeah. need one to get that feeling back because as miserable as Philadelphia can be, we can be a very negative city. For those next couple of months, everybody was sweet. <laughs> Everybody was nice. Holding were, doors. You were hugging people you never met. Uh, and and it was just it was so it was so great. And you know, I I covered the Bears in eighty five when you guys had that amazing team. Yeah, still living uh, off that. Loaded. Still living You're off still that. Still living off that. That's forty years. I know. Oh, yeah. I know. Oh, Feels like yesterday. Yeah. Th- <laughs> thanks for pointing that out. Uh, the book is loud, an exuberant chronicle of Angelo Cataldi's life. Go check it out, and you you you'll learn a lot about sports radio in addition to Philly and this very entertaining OG himself. Angelo, thanks for the time. Uh, Merry Christmas, right. Happy New Year, and uh, thanks for glad being I was you. better than Danny. <laughs> Thank you. And and Gabe, listen to me. Listen to Matt. He's great. Under no circumstances take any advice from Danny. He has no idea what he's doing. All right? Stay away from Danny. That's my best advice to you. And thank you, Matt, as always. Thank you, buddy. All right. Thanks, Angelo. Appreciate you. All right. Let's burn that tape. All right. Let's make sure it doesn't get back to my guy. That was hilarious. Once he digs in. That man stays dug in. Dave Wanstead in 15 minutes right here in the studio on 670 The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Adam McKay. Honestly, always a pleasure. Big fan of the show. Afternoons on The Score. Hey, folks, check this out. If you are a business owner or know a business owner, score big for your business with the Super Bowl commercial contest from The Score. Businesses can enter by logging on to 670thescore.com slash contests. What's happening here is you submit 1,500 words or less detailing why a commercial during the Super Bowl on The Score would help your brand, uh, help you rebuild your business or grow your business, and a winner will be selected 
and we will produce a commercial for you. Russ Matera will put his magic fingers and voice on it. We will find a way to make it awesome and specific to your business, and then it'll play on the score contest runs through the 19th of January. Don't tell me that we, the on-air personalities, are the ones that are going to be reading these pleas and, 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 and deciding who's going to get the thing. Could you imagine I have a not stack of 50 people and they're like, my business is down a million dollars oh, this yeah. year. And then all of us are just sitting here with crying and trying to figure out who it's supposed <laughs> oh, to be. Oh, my God, I know. I know. But, you know, I, I, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to pick the winner. I, okay. We are not involved. But Thankfully. I, I mean, I'll offer to help. There's lots of voices they could use, all the, all the talent here. Make Ruben read all the letters and then just kind of be like, Dan, I think it's this one. <laughs> this one, this one made me feel good. How about you know they're gonna need a jingle, right? They're gonna need a jingle of some kind. Oh. Got to get you singing, Gabe Ramirez. No, no, no. Oh, that yeah. Exist. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. What's your favorite Christmas carol? What's, what's, what's Let us know. One? That's Voice the one. one. It's good. It's a good one. You know, it just makes me feel good. Yeah. It reminds me of my sister. She's still here in the world. <laughs> just saying. That's lovely. <laughs> Rest her soul. She's still alive. But... Oh, reminds me of my sister. <laughs> uh, sorry, Gabe. No, no, no. She's, I'm going to hang out with her tomorrow. Um, Christine, my, my wife is really in love with our tree. She really likes the tree. Real or fake? Uh, real. Real. So you heard, every, did you check it for bugs yet? Because you heard that sting now. Uh, no. This, this season in particular, a lot of, lot of bugs. bugs in the trees. She keeps walking in and going, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, walking around the house singing... As only she can. It's a very special kind of voice. But she, she, you are the Simon Cowell of life. <laughs> Just like you don't want to hear anything that's horrible oh, sonically. No. It's not true. <laughs> Everybody can sing. I'm very supportive. You just trashed a seventh grade recital. No, no, no. His <laughs> band was good. Was... <laughs> He's sixth grade. It was fourth and fifth that really struggled. <laughs> okay. <Even> worse. <laughs> it was fourth and fifth that really struggled. And we heard from a wife. couple. No, no. We, leave it alone. Get sorry, off the way. <laughs> but she walks in going, oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. So I, I, I looked for like a best version I could find of O'Tannenbaum. Okay. And it's, uh, I found Nat King Cole oh. doing O'Tannenbaum. Oh. Great. I mean, incredible legendary voice. Chicago's own yeah. Nat King Cole, as a matter of fact. But he sings it in German. I got to tell you, that is not a good sounding language. Okay. I mean, I mean the German, no, you can't. I don't think you can make that language but did sound you ever take, lovely. Did you ever take choir? Or were you ever in chorus? Yeah, absolutely. Because they make you sing songs in different languages. Yeah, but, yeah, but I know, but Germans, it's tough to make German sound good. Eich will unk of lang, bunk of lung. What a little soul. Eich ding of lang. It sounds angry. It sounds feisty. That language, yeah, that that's something that uh, I'm sure probably didn't sound its best. But what did what did what did Christine think? Uh, she was not really a fan. You know what I put on then, which was killing top to Mariah bottom. Mariah Carey, Ray Charles Christmas album. Oh, he, oh, okay, I've never dude. Heard that. Oh, his version of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Come on, okay, groove, okay. hardcore groove. What's your favorite holiday song? Um, I I love Last Christmas by Wham. I can hear it again and again and again. So that's honestly like your least favorite, without question. I love it. And I'm like, no. I sang it last year. Tribute source. We did a holiday show, and I got to sing. Okay, that one. I know why you like it now. Because I inhabited George Michael. It's right in your. It's right in my zone, right baby. In your zone. Oh, exactly. that's, but, that's that's selfish. Yeah. <laughs> That's so I like this song because I can sing it really well. No, I've always loved it, and then I chose to sing it because I loved it okay, forever. Fair, 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 fair. Come on, man. You ever sung Let It Snow publicly? No. Four, 450. So 55 minutes from now, Gabe will sing <laughs> yeah, okay. Let It Snow. He will.
It's because you're going to have a cocktail with Dave Wanstead in a matter of moments. Uh, by the way, a $200 gift card it could be yours for from Four Winds Casino. That's coming up in the Four Winds segment with Dave Wanstead. When you hear this drop. You got any tickets laying around? Let me know. Uh, then you call the contest line at 312-540-0670. And you will be the fourth caller. If you are the fourth caller, you'll win a $200 gift card from Four Winds. Wani next on Parkinson Spiegel here on The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.